Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The show is brought to you by our generous patrons at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. Robots Radio presents the Fallout Lorecast. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast, a place for the Fallout community to come together to explore the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. Hey, Vault Dwellers and Wastelanders, this is your host, Tom, or Robots, the host of the Fallout Lorecast and other shows like the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the Cyberpunk Lorecast, and the creator of the Robots Radio Podcast Network, which is all about interesting shows for smart people. No, wait, it's smart shows for interesting people. Either way, it's the place to be for all the awesome stuff that's going on. This is our monthly patron episode, and I'm going to cut over to that really, really quick, but I just wanted to jump in, in here at the beginning and let you guys know that this is a another special extra long episode, so at the end, we will be skipping all of the pleasantries and housekeeping stuff. That stuff will come back next week when we get back to our regular scheduled, regular types of programming. So tune in for reviews and ratings and new patron announcements and the continuation of our Choose Your Own Adventure next week at the end of the show. Otherwise, I hope you really enjoy this episode. It was recorded live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash robots radio. You're welcome to come join me in the evenings, playing games, hanging out, chatting with the community and that's where it is. Smart shows for interesting people and the people in our community are freaking awesome. So check that stuff out and hope you enjoy the show and please excuse some of the audio quality when we have multiple guests. It always is kind of a mixed bag of the different audio. So uh, we'll be back next week and I won't keep you too much later. So enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome to a, another very special episode of the Fallout Lorecast. This is our monthly Patreon get-together, and this week we have myself, 
and four other patrons who have tier four patrons and higher every month get a chance to hang out and visit and have conversations about awesome, cool stuff about fallout. So this month we have uh, some people who joined us last month and uh, some new people. So we've got, uh, let's just go down the list. We have Mustang. Mustang is here. How's it going, Mustang? It's going good. Good, good. Um, And then we've also got uh, Ryuko. First time, right? Ryuko? Yep, this will be the first time for me. First time. Welcome. You, we have to haze you in some sort of way. Uh, <laughs> right? And the, the thing, no, this isn't a fraternity. I guess we don't have to do that. <laughs> I mean, we still can if we want to. Well, we still can if we want to. <laughs> <Kind of fun. laughs> and then uh, coming back this week is Woman on Fire. Welcome back. Hello. <laughs> hey, oh. Hello. I think you said hello, but my brain went. I did. Hey, oh. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> and then Aperture Flash, uh, in the middle of driving a truck again with all sorts of wonderful noise sounds and honking. Hey-o! <laughs> Hey-o! <laughs> I would honk, but I'm pulling into a weigh scale, so I'm not going to. Yeah, they probably <laughs> frown on that, huh? Yeah, they, big time. So, <laughs> kind of back. Yeah, yeah, welcome back. <laughs> So this month, we, uh, every month, we spend a lot of time uh, talking about all sorts of crazy stuff in the Discord, as usual. And this month was no difference. Uh, Although, you know, I think this month on the Discord, things went um, a little bit more interestingly. I I think there's a whole lot of really good conversation and a lot of, like, connecting going on between people, which is super cool. And um, in in the Patreon Discord, we were discussing what to potentially talk about this month. And we came up with the topic of favorite companions. So favorite companions who, and there's a lot to go over. So we're not going to cover everybody, but everybody who's guesting on the show today has picked who their favorite companion is or who they would like to discuss at least. And we're going to go over details, maybe some, some personal experiences in the game, going over those, you know, situations with the companions. And as we do this, we're streaming live on Twitch and on Mixer, and on YouTube, and on Facebook, all over the place. So this is going to be a regular occurrence, and usually uh, Monday evenings. So if you ever want to jump in, go to twitch.tv slash robotsradio, and you can tune in for this live. So welcome to all of our live viewers. And you may hear some uh, weird sounds pop up if I end up having to use the Twitch audio. So (laughs) enjoy that as well. But um, let's just dive right into this. Let's start this off with Mustang. Mustang. Who is your companion to discuss today? Who are you bringing? So my personal favorite companion out of all of them across all games is Deacon from Fallout 4. Just because of his mystery. That's really the only reason why I love him so much. Okay. Now, as with any of these topics, there's always going to be some people who have way more experience than I do on certain things. And then there's going to be people who have never even played Fallout 4. So Uh, Can you give us a little bit of a background about Deacon, how you come across him, who he is? Yeah, so Deacon is one of the leaders of the railroad in Fallout 4. And um, he kind of, yeah, he's just like a huge mystery. Um, He admits all the time that he is a chronic liar. Um, He So basically everything he talks about kind of has to be taken with a grain of salt because you never know if he's telling the truth or not. Um, He says he's a synth and he said he was one of the first synths to escape the Institute and he was one of the original founders of the railroad. 
Um, but you know, all of this is could be lies. Um, he gets his he gets like a new face every every so often, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, that's pretty much it for him. Yeah, I remember him having kind of this like cool guy vibe, mm-hmm. and yeah. That immediately makes makes him a little bit less trustworthy. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're like, you're too cool for your own good, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's also kind of funny, too. One of my favorite facts about him is up until you meet him in the railroad, um, he can actually be seen in a lot of scenes that are pretty big in the main story. Uh-huh. And just kind of like disguised in the background, like he's there when you first go into Diamond City. Um, he walks around Good Neighbor all the time. He uh, he is in Bunker Hill sometimes. Interesting. And, um, it says that the, I'm on the Gamepedia Fallout. It says that there's also a small post set up with a pair of binoculars, water, and a railroad sign meaning alley or ally. So I guess it's believed that Deacon set up this post to watch the soul survivor when he got out. Oh, very cool. So yeah. Yeah. Right off the bat, so, when you come out of the vault, he's stalking you. Yeah. So when we go into these kinds of episodes, um, I, I leave a lot up to you guys to be able to draw from your experiences and a little bit of your research. And I haven't spent the time really looking into Deacon yet. So it's kind of fun for me too, because I get to learn things as well. Now, I did interact with him in the games, but I, I didn't realize that he was uh, like sneaky and behind the scenes so much. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. So did um, any of you other uh, <laughs> guests today have any experiences with Deacon? Did you guys notice any of that about him? Uh, Deacon glitched uh, out with me constantly. Say that again, Aperture. You're a little quiet. Uh, Deacon glitched out for me constantly. Uh, he- he changes outfits, um, mm-hmm. but he would do it literally every single time I looked away from him. Um, <laughs> He's really good at what That's he a did. feature. That's not a glitch. <laughs> uh, and like, like one out of three times, he would just be naked with just his wig. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, he would just be in his skivvies and wig and sunglasses. So... Uh, you well, know, that seems like it's an outfit for him. I would think. <laughs> he just walks around in his, his boxes and his wig. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's totally a, an alpha play. Crazy guy. Yeah, that's that's totally an alpha play. That's the um, like <laughs> heck. I'm so freaking confident. I just have to show up in skivvies and a wig. <laughs> Screw all you guys. <laughs> like honestly, the most alpha part of that is the fact he's not wearing shoes. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you want to walk around the wasteland without shoes on. That sounds very That'd dangerous. Be a good way to get tetanus. Yeah, and yeah. like everything else ever. <laughs> I mean, he's a synth, so maybe he doesn't get diseases. I don't know. But is he really? Yeah, maybe, not. maybe not. Is he really? Actually, a synth? I don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> Because he doesn't drop a synth part when you uh, kill him. Oh, that's, a, that's oh, interesting. You're right. You're right. <laughs> and mm. I've, I've killed him like three times, so. Uh, <laughs> that is pretty hard. Well, you know, I want all. I'm, I'm a completionist. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to try and kill everybody in a game and just see what happens, right? Right. Well, I need the brother on the Yeah. <laughs> I always have so Mustang, why? Or, sorry, go ahead. Oh, uh, it's okay. Go ahead. What were you saying? 
I was going to say, whenever I ran like the Brotherhood or the Institute um, quest line, I always had to pop a stealth boy before I went in to kill the railroad because I don't, I didn't want them to know it was me. Oh no! <laughs> and I'm aware that they're pixels, but I just, I just couldn't. <laughs> you couldn't betray them to their faces. I could do it. Invisible. Oh, that's great. That's great. That's what I love about these games, uh, because you come to, to really care about certain characters and the, their opinions, and then you're forced to make these really difficult decisions. And sometimes you just have to do something like that. And then, you know, I mean, hey, that, I mean, I guess that's a good way to do it, but it's definitely underhanded. Like, I always feel bad just looking at a character and like getting to the point where I'm just like, OK, I'm going to kill you now. And they don't know it yet. And then I just like shoot them in the head. And of course, they never die on the first hit. And there's always that response of like, hey, stop that. And then they like try to get their gun out as they like back away from you. And it's like, I just shot you in the head at point blank range. And now you're just like, stop that. (laughs) Stop it. Stop it. That was rude. So Mustang, what what other what other thoughts did you have about Deacon? Uh, What's one of the reasons why is he your absolute favorite? Is that what's going on here? Probably is my absolute favorite. Yeah. Just because of his mystery. Um, there was there's some uh, conversation you unlock with him as, you know, your reputation with him goes up. And I can't remember what he says exactly, but he basically tells you that he is a chronic liar and to never believe anything he says, which is like kind of weird because you spent all this time getting him to trust you and that's how he repays your trust with telling you that you shouldn't trust him. Right. But isn't, if he's a chronic liar, then can you trust that? Uh, Oh no. (laughs) Now we're in an unending loop because if he is a chronic liar and he says he's a chronic liar, then it means he's not a chronic liar. But that's not true. It's a paradox. We're stuck. We're stuck. Well, I guess that means that, we can't trust. I don't know. I don't know what to do about that. I don't. Just don't look we into it too hard. Him. We need one that always lies and one that always tells the truth. And we need to ask the one that always tells the truth what the other one would say. Right? Or you, yeah. you just ask him what two plus two is. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Deacon would probably come up with something like, don't you know the answer to that, idiot? He probably yeah. wouldn't directly answer it. He'd probably just degrade you. What I love about Deacon is, the, like, one of the first things he says to you is he gives you his uh, self-destruct code, quote-unquote, and he's like, never say this in front of me. This note that I'm handing you right now, this will kill me on the spot because I'm a sin. And then, like, you have the option to read it to him, um, and it doesn't kill him on the spot, so <laughs> there we go again. Because it's a note code. that basically says you can't trust everyone. Yeah. That's funny. That's pretty good. I think that's going to be. So one of the things I've talked about with my coworkers at work is that as you get older, eventually you reach a point where you can just become like eccentric. Nobody really cares anymore. (laughs) I think I'm going to, I've been creating this list of things I'm going to do when I hit this like eccentric age. I don't know when that is, but I guess we'll know when I start doing these things. That's going to be one of them. I'm going to hand people little notes and say, never read this out loud to me. I will self-destruct. And then I'm just going to walk away. (laughs) <laughs> Tom, CIA sleeper agent. <laughs> All right, Mustang, you have anything else on Deacon you wanted to go over, or um, I think that's it for me. Cool. Okay. 
Um, let's move down the line. Ryuko, welcome you. This is the first time here. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. For, hey, thanks for supporting the show and for being an active in the community. Um, I always, I'm, I'm always uh, amazed when people will actually devote time and money into something like this, and and it really is, um, you know, it helps my dreams come true, which is super great. So thank you so much. Um, but uh, before we get all, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, it's just nice having me. a uh, having a uh, a community of sorts that just kind of comes together to discuss all this stuff that we all seem to really like the Bethesda in general. So it's kind of a, uh, it's nice to have some, some people that I can discuss with and even just outside of the games, you know, having just people to talk to and just in general, it's a pretty good community that we have, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm always floored by how awesome everybody is, but um, we can go on about that forever, but who, who's oh, yeah. your companion? Who, who are you bringing? Well, table? I had to decide between two different companions. Um, and I finally settled on Kate from Fallout 4 as my personal favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, now remind everybody who Kate is. and So Kate is, she is the Irish uh, speak, or Irish sounding, I should say, companion that you meet in the combat zone, mm-hmm. um, which is just outside of Diamond City in Fallout 4. Uh, you can take her on as a companion. When you interrupt a fight that she's in the middle of in, she's as a cage fighter. And you when you clear out the raiders that are actually in the combat zone, then you get the option to more or less take on her contract, which is being held by the proprietor of the combat zone, Tommy Lonigan. Mm-hmm. So when you take over this contract, then she com- becomes your follower and from there on, it's just however you decide to devote to developing the relationship, whether it's a positive or a negative way. Most of the time, I devote it into a kind of a positive way. Um, and as you learn more about her background, that's kind of what I look at as the developers putting in this character that kind of humanizes the game. You learn about her background. Um, her parents were abusive to her. Um, everything from locking her in a shed to breaking her legs. Yeah. And as you develop this relationship with her, the further you get into her kind of her companion storyline, you learn that the only reason that they kept her around was so then when the day that she turned 18, when she had her 18th birthday, they turned around and sold her to slavers. Uh, right. And she was with these slavers for around about five years. Um, stealing, stealing small sums of bottle caps and, and pilfering them away as much as possible so she could eventually buy her own freedom. So that's, she buys her way out of, you know, out of slavery and then ends up wandering around for a while until eventually she ends up at the combat zone. And that's when your character, the sole survivor meets her and can take her on as a companion. So I just look at, sorry, go ahead. I just look at uh, look at the developers putting someone like Kate into the game to kind of, as you learn more about her about her past and the struggles she has, her addiction to psycho that she has, kind of humanizes because everybody has an addiction of some sort. Everybody's got their vices, so it kind of adds in something that someone can relate to. You know, we're used to seeing around in the wasteland, we're used to seeing you know death claws and mire lurks, and this is kind of brings I think it brings more of a human element. 
Um, as with all these other companions, most of the other companions that you can have kind of brings more of a human element to the, uh, to the games themselves. Yeah. And you know, uh, I remember coming across her and I remember, um, there's something about her. Uh, she's, she's very on edge. She's very, you know, like guarded, I guess you could say for good reason, because the world has dealt her such a rough hand. Oh Yeah. And then the idea that you would show her kindness. And I remember she was one of the companions that I would, I went back to for a while and would, would, uh, develop. And, um, and let, let me explain a little bit about my experience with companions. This is one of the other reasons why I thought this would be a really fun episode to do with you guys is because a lot of people, uh, since I've been doing the show, I've, I've learned that a lot of people really, really plug into the companions and the relationships as a primary reason why they enjoy these games. And I've always seen it as more of a secondary thing. Um, oftentimes when I come across a companion, I can kind of take them or leave them. And most of the time, uh, for most companions, I consider them more of a, like a gameplay benefit, have someone else who's good at something along with you to kind of help you along the way. Um, but there there are certain companions that I've come across that, uh, appeal to me more on kind of a, uh, personality sort of way. And I think I felt really bad for her. I think I felt like, uh, the idea that. I could show her kindness in a way that she never experienced and show her that the world isn't all bad was actually a really cool dynamic with her character. Yeah. And it was, it wasn't even like a pity thing with when Mm -hmm. I first, it was more of a, okay, well this person, as much as your character in the game goes through, this person has been dealt a pretty rough hand with everything that's happened in their life. Maybe I can help them through their issues and, you know, be a benefit to this person who has never had the beneficial, the beneficial party in their life. Right. Right. Yeah. I had, I had a very similar feeling about that. Plus she was, she was pretty freaking tough. So it was kind of nice to have her (laughs) just like kicking people's butts. Some of the the comments that she, that she pops off with, you know, just going through the game, just listening to her talk back behind you. It's just like this, 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 uh, this companion is just a riot to listen to sometimes. Yeah. 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 What about the rest of you guys? Do you guys have any experience with her? Um, yeah, I just told I just I liked hanging out with her because I thought she was a bad A. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when yeah. when you uh first go into the combat zone and she's all pissed that you interrupted her fight and that right. uh, her uh whoever her contracts with, I can't remember his name, but Tommy Tommy. Lonigan. Lonigan. Yeah, Lonigan, that's yeah. right. Tommy. She was pissed at him because she wouldn't or Tommy wouldn't let her fight anymore. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know, there's actually, uh, on that note, there's actually a pretty uh, interesting behind the scenes bit. There is some unused dialogue 
uh, cues for Tommy that imply uh, that after a certain point, you could have actually gone back to the, um, the combat zone and participated in cage fights. Hmm. Oh, that would have been cool. That, that would have been really yeah, cool. Yeah, got cut from the game, and they kind of implied it in the trailer, too. Yeah, it would be kind of like an arena thing from uh, Oblivion or something like that. Yeah, or the, or the pit from the, the DLC from Fallout 3. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've always enjoyed that as like a little diversion in games where you can just go, you know, like, well, <laughs> I'm going to go try and take this guy out. <laughs> Let's cage do the fight? next one. <laughs> I never saw you as a cage fighter, Tom. <laughs> oh, you know, you know, we've all got <laughs> secrets about how we spend our time on the weekends. <laughs> Wait, do we? So this, Is that a thing? Does this, does this come before or after the weekend shorts dance? Uh, <laughs> clearly after. That's part of my... That's part of my cage fighter gear. <laughs> I was, I, just so you guys know, I wore my weekend shorts yesterday, Saturday. Amazing. Oh, and then, oh, and others. Okay, so uh, weekend clothing story part two. When I mentioned my weekend shorts, I also mentioned that the reason I bought them was to go on a, uh, on a cruise. And so they're like, they're like boat shorts originally. And then I also have some shirts that are like boat shirts. And it, they look like everything every like fifty plus year old man in Florida wears on the weekends, you know, like palm trees and all sorts of crap on them. So I was like, you know, if I'm going to go on a boat with a bunch of retired people, I better look like all all of them. So I've got some uh, some weekend shirts also. And I went to a wedding yesterday, and of course, Florida wedding, bright and sunny. And I, I actually just I, it wasn't the whole wedding. I got I got to go to the reception. It was like a reception thing at the end for everybody, but the wedding was smaller. And so I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna wear, I'm gonna wear one of my weekend shirts to the wedding. And my wife was like, really? And I'm like, yep. And she's like, I guess it really doesn't matter in the long term of anything, does it? And I was like, nope. And it's ironic to me, but nobody else is gonna know it. So. I like how your wife is just like. You know, nothing matters. Like total. Like, she just goes like, along. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, watching... not, even a, not even a surprise anymore, is it? No, it's not a surprise. <laughs> she knows me. She knows me pretty well. And uh, I, 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 I think I've taken. Have, uh, go ahead. I love that you have boomer camouflage. Boomer camouflage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you said it was to blend in with all the old people in Florida. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of Rick and Morty. A different kind of boomer, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> I've, been, I've been watching a lot of Rick and Morty, too, and Rick is very, like, you know, like, ah, the universe is infinite. Nothing means anything. So, you know, why not wear boat clothes? Does it really oh, matter? That's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, like that's a whole nother conversation. Point. <laughs> so let's, let's pull it back around to um, Kate. Uh, anything else you want to bring up about Kate Ryoko? Is there, is there, uh, was she just that much of an emotional connection to you? And that's why yeah, you consider I mean, her your favorite? Well, like I was saying, I had a, um, a choice between two of them. The other one was cast from New Vegas. It was kind mm -hmm. of that same humanizing, you know, quality, but with Katie, it was just something that, you know, can't really, uh, can't really, put all into, into one sentence really it's just a uh, the humanizing aspect of it you know the fact that okay well this person is obviously even as you get closer to the end of her of her companion quest line she's taking the effort to battle what she is fighting 
and she eventually comes around to looking to you as a friend and a companion mm-hmm. and less as a as a boss as someone who's just you know who she's just working for so that's kind of the you know the the character development is more the uh you know the the whole aspect of it in its in its own the draw the draw to you yeah, yeah. there there's something about um and I get philosophical on these things all the time, but uh, there's something about when a human being is actually capable of making a distinct change, an intentional change to the way they see the world, the, the way they make decisions, the way they change things, you know, like that I, I find always very powerful because it's very difficult and it's actually very rare in the real world. My, at least in my experience, it seems like most of the time we are all just kind of on autopilot. And every so often we hit a moment in our lives where we go, no, I'm going to be different now. I have a reason to be different. And to see that come to life in a character like hers in a video game is actually really cool because that's a, that's a legitimate like story arc character development moment that we often don't get uh, unless we're watching like a really good TV show or reading a really good book. So I definitely think there's something there. Yeah, for sure. So um, let's move on to Woman on Fire. Uh, who are you bringing to this show today? Bring in Hancock. <laughs> Hancock. Yep. Everybody's favorite uh, ghoul with an awesome outfit. Of course. Of course. All right. So tell us, tell us about Hancock. And, and for anybody who hasn't met Hancock, uh, you've probably seen him. Um, he's, he's in a lot of the, uh, you know, like the pop figures and artwork and things like that. If you see an old timey Civil War outfit on a ghoul, then that's who we're talking about. Civil war. Come on. Yeah. Well, not civil war. war. I mean, it's a revolutionary. You're right. Revolutionary not war. <laughs> not civil war. Sweet. When I went to Boston, one of so the time. highlights was going to the old state house and actually seeing that that coat is actually there. Oh, nice. <laughs> I may have had a meltdown. So give us some background on, on Hancock. Okay. Tell, uh, <laughs> tell the Hancock. audience what's going on with him. So when you first meet him, um, he's really kind of all swagger and he right off the bat stabs a guy who's trying to shake you down. Um, <laughs> so that's the first impression you get. Um, mm-hmm. Another and, badass. Yeah. And you, you get him as a companion by completing Bobby no Nose's quest. Um, and since there's some pretty heavy duty Meyer lurks and stuff in there, it's kind of harder to get him until you're a little bit higher level. And mm-hmm. on my first playthrough, I didn't really get Hancock at all. Um, just the swagger really turned me off. I wasn't into it. Um, and that was initially the impression that kind of stuck with me. But then on my second playthrough, I was really trying to kind of do everything and try everything. That sounds wrong. Um, Wait, what? <laughs> so I took him and talked to the companion. And um, that, oh, I think, was really... some feedback from Rachel. Oh, sorry. Sorry, no, say that again. sorry, that's my fault. Hold on. That's no uh, so what I was saying, uh, um, on my second playthrough, I, I really wanted to kind of try more things and branch out. And this that time around, I took Hancock as a companion. And I think that that's kind of the secret to Hancock, is that what you see isn't actually what you get. And um, so some of the characters, like uh, Piper or Preston, um, they're they're pretty straightforward you know what you're getting right off the bat. And he's not like that at all. Right. And yeah. Piper is very yeah. like, Hey, this is my mission. This is what I'm doing. Are you coming with right. me or not? 
And yeah. Preston is very much, you know, as we mentioned on the previous talk, uh, the absolute <laughs> worst uh, faction in the game. <laughs> Preston himself. So you know what you're getting with that. Yeah. But when you really start digging into Hancock and when he really starts revealing things to you, what you really find out is that a lot of his swagger is very affected and kind of cultivated for others. And so kind of like what um, Raiko was saying, he's my favorite because um, a lot of what goes on with him is stuff that I really relate to really personally um, that I've had personal experience with. And, um, and there's this really, really well-developed character arc there that I really love. So um, the having to put on a a show kind of having to put on a different character for people, is that what you're talking about? Not not being able to be yourself? Kind of. Yeah. Like, um, well, one of the things that, like I said, I brought notes this time. Um, one of the, awesome. one of the, so one of the things that he reveals is that he took on that whole Hancock persona in an event to kind of reinvent himself after what he was considering a lot of failures. And one of those big failures mm-hmm. was his inability to save the ghouls in Diamond City from his brother when his brother was running for mayor. And when he tells the story, um, we can see that he tried so hard. And, and when you think about it, this whole thing is really pretty radical. He wasn't a ghoul yet. And he was totally going against popular opinion to do what he knew to be right. And he was trying to protect a marginalized community. And I love that, you know? And I feel so strongly about standing up for people who are marginalized or vulnerable in some way. And I have, you know, people in my family who are part of marginalized communities. And, you know, that's like my mission. And, and so, you know, I really get that. Um, But then on the flip, yeah. And and then on the, on the other side of that, so then after he leaves Diamond City and gets to Good Neighbor, it's being run by this jackass named Vic. And he shows all the people living there how to stand for themselves and basically organizes a coup. And he solves his problems violently because he's a product of the wasteland. And that's just mm-hmm. how you solve problems in the wasteland. <laughs> right, but right. When all you have that, is a hammer, yeah. everything's a nail. Yeah. Yeah. But despite that, he has this really solid moral code. And he always takes the side of the oppressed, which to me is just really, really admirable. But then when you dig in even further, he really reveals that despite all of these big actions and all of these really good things he's done, he still feels like a failure. And he has a lot of personal struggle over that because he's trying to come to terms with his own guilt over something that was never his fault to begin with. And that's, yeah, that's very dynamic. Oh, sorry. (laughs) This is all very interesting to me because, uh, because I, I didn't actually take any time to really get to know Hancock. In fact, he was a character who, on my most complete playthrough, um, I just kind of shrugged off. You know, I met him. I didn't really follow through with much in the way of really bringing him along anywhere, expanding that out at all. And then um, a few years later, jumped back into the game and spent a little bit more time with him, but never really got to know him. Um, so this is actually very interesting for me because, you know, like I like to admit on the show, I don't know everything about the lore. So uh, getting that perspective from you and, and learning more about him is, is actually very interesting. Um, 
Yeah. And that, I, that idea that you're fighting for marginalized groups and you're just doing the best you can with what you have is still, is still valuable. Even if it's not necessarily the best way to do it, at least your intentions are, are good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think. Cool. So um, um, do you have anything yeah. else on that or, or do we want to open this up to everyone else? Well, I had one more thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, go for it. So, um, another uh, big reveal. And I had to, I had to go back and double check this one because I wasn't positive. It was like in my own head canon or whatever, if this, or if this was really said, and I did confirm it um, on uh, one of the wikis. So he actually knew what the drug that he took was going to do to him. He knew it was going to turn him ghoul. Mm-hmm. And it's like, imagine feeling like the only way to escape yourself is to become a member of that same class that you're trying to save. And it's like, that didn't, that didn't really, he wanted to solve things by doing that, but he didn't. And, and when he cracks jokes and stuff, a lot of his humor is very self-deprecating and he makes a lot of comments about his face. And this is something else that I really relate to where I just, I often really just don't feel good about myself and the way I look. And so I'm the first one to crack a joke about it before somebody else can do it. You know what I mean? Right. It gives you, it gives you control of it by by acknowledging it. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Self-deprecating humor is the best kind of humor because nobody gets hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, this, this relates to something else that just happened at the, the wedding I went to yesterday. Another, another real life story. Um, we walk in and the wedding's already happened. They're having the reception and then they're having like this post two hour, like extended reception that's open to more people. So we show up right at the time it starts that, that, that part starts thinking like, we're going to walk in, there's already going to be a bunch of people in here and we're going to see other people we know who are showing up and like coming into the, to the reception. Well, we walk in and it's empty. The rest of the reception has gone extra long and everyone's in the other room and we so we're just sitting out in the like foyer for an extra 20 minutes waiting for them to wrap up. We can hear the sound of like the, you know, the, the speeches and those kinds of things. And just awkwardly waiting there going, okay, everyone's eventually going to come out of this room and they're just going to see the two of us who are, and we haven't seen a lot of these people in years because people came from out of town and stuff. And it's going to be super awkward. So I jokingly said to my wife, you know what we should do is we should go stand in the room that everyone's going to go into as they leave the, the dining room. And like awkwardly be the two people welcoming them into this next section of the party. And my wife was like, Oh, you'd really enjoy that. Wouldn't you? I was like, I was like, yes, but no. And she's like, what? And I'm like, no, the reason why that makes sense to me is because instead of just being awash in the awkward situation, I'm now taking control of the awkwardness and I'm now like, 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 like you're saying, pointing it out, you know, like actually being in control and, and making it my own thing. So it's the same kind of psychology, right? Like if you point a thing out that you're uncomfortable with, then in some way you're not worried that someone else is going to point it out to you. So it doesn't hurt as much. Yeah. It's like, I don't know if you've seen the movie pitch perfect. The one character calls herself fat Amy because if she doesn't do it, then everybody else will. Just right. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're just taking control of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Makes sense. So let's let's open this up to the rest of the group. Anybody else have any uh, specific <laughs> memories of doing things with uh, with a uh, oh, crap ghoul face? What's his name? Hancock. Hancock. <laughs> Words just fall out of my head today. <laughs> I think he's an absolute legend. And um, when I did my huge melee build 
it was really, really nice having him as a companion because he's like one of the only ones that doesn't get mad with the mass amounts of psycho that I was taking. Oh, geez. Just about any time I saw anyone remotely aggressive toward me. Boom. There goes the psycho. Wow. wow. <laughs> I, I am almost 100 percent non drugs in when I play Fallout games. I tried not being a nice person in some of the, in some of the playthroughs I have, but it just usually doesn't work for me. I was going to go back to being the nice guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In so, fact, it never dawns on me that like, oh, I should, I should amp up something in order to get through this really tough fight. Usually I just try to figure it out like mechanically without actually having to boost my stats in any, any way. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I don't know if that's weird, but that seems I do to the be the same way I do. thing. Yeah. I'm sure it's yeah. easier if you do the other way. And then you go through the withdrawal and you just make sure you deal with it. But yeah, I always try to find the more technical way to get through something instead of, okay, well, I'm just going to take all these drugs and just blast my <laughs> way through all of it. Yeah. Hmm. So anybody else have any uh, experiences with Hancock? Did, did you guys actually follow through with the, the quest lines and things with him? Well, I found I really have his own quest line. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. After? Well, I found Hancock's response to uh, Pikmin to be very interesting. Uh, I, I liked that he responded very negatively, but still in a professional manner when you uh, talk about Pikmin's art in a positive light. Um, because hmm. at that point you're still just a uh, basically a contractor for him. Uh, so he's got chops as a mayor too, I guess. Ah. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Yeah. Again, I don't have a whole lot of experience with that with that side of it. Moving on, fire. You have something else, or Raiko? Oh no, I'm just saying. I've never actually. Don't think I've ever actually done a playthrough with him as a uh, as a companion. I just I've always got the picture of that first time that you meet him in my head. Every time I was like, okay, well, it's pretty ba guy, but I've never actually used him as a as a companion. Mm-hmm. You should yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. If you like Kate, I think you'll like Hancock. Yeah, you know, they seem to be kind of along the same lines of of just that uh, that over the top. Bad a, bad a person that just you know you just can't really can't really hate him you just gotta love him mm-hmm. well he's the only one that pulls out a knife too which you gotta respect solves <laughs> <laughs> the problem with the hammer he's, he's, a nail. He's, he's gonna bring a knife to a gunfight but he's gonna win the fight with the knife yeah <laughs> <laughs> he will I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're going to be a ghoul, then you might as well dress up in some way that really, like, you got to brand yourself so you don't just look like, yeah. 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 You can't just look like every other ghoul. Yeah, totally. Totally. I think he's doing it it right. Like, there's, (laughs) his branding is on, on, (laughs) on on whatever the right word is. Uh, Thank you for the follow, by the way. (laughs) We got to explosion. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. We got to admit, though, that Hancock is just one big, essentially immortal cosplayer. You cosplay enough, and eventually that's just the reality that you know surrounds you, right? Exactly. Like you just become the thing. I'm just going to start coming to work in my Miniman hat, and that's just going to be what it is. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Solved. <laughs> All right. Anything else, uh, Women on Fire? 
I think we're good. Hello there, old chap. Good to see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. Why don't we ask the newcomer? You support the news? Okay, cool. Cool, cool. All right, so uh, let's let's move on to Aperture Flash, our truck driver. And, I am um, out of the mountains. Road warrior driving through the mountains. What <laughs> mountains are you in? I just passed through uh, Fancy Gap, and I'm, I'm free and clear. So I, nice. I am now in Wyethville, Virginia, and I'm, I can see my truck stop. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, see, the companions one, it's a, it's a tough question for me. It's a, it's a toss-up between two. The first one is Arcade Ganon, and the second one, I'm going to blow your minds, uh -huh. is Preston Garvey. What? Oh, no. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yep. Wait, what? Yep. Yep. From this conversation. Okay, listen, listen, listen. Preston Garvey is a deep character, goddammit. <laughs> I agree with you. I totally agree. This man has witnessed his the people he idolized from a from childhood. Uh, he joined their ranks, he met his heroes heroes and he watched them crumble before his eyes he watched the community they built and um the safety they provided crumble um and yet he still stayed strong to his minutemen beliefs he when uh, the uh leadership in quincy uh betrayed the minutemen and sold them out uh he stayed true to his beliefs and saved as many people as he can trying to lead them from safe haven to safe haven to safe haven until he finally meets you He's depressed, he's suicidal, and he's broken. And he, and that takes a lot to keep going. He's a strong character, and uh, as for the uh, irritating another settlement that needs your help, that's logistics work right there. And logistics work <laughs> is fucking difficult. <laughs> he is organizing... <laughs> he is organizing a communication network of couriers and settlements to make sure that it's uh all protected yeah he's only using you to, pr to protect them but you know how many other people are signing up to do that yeah he's still evil yeah. though but that's not i mean yeah and that's why he's not my main favorite favorite guy i had to get that out there but arcade ganon i love that guy and it's not so much for for a gameplay reason as for how he is created let me ask you all a question. How many uh, video game characters off the top of your head can you tell me that you know is gay? Oh, yeah, it's not very many. That's a good and point. It's typically, yeah. it's yeah, typically a topic either. that a lot of developers will stay away from because they, they understand that also and difficult. And a few of them... It's kind of a few, thing in video games. Yeah. Well, yeah. and the few of them that you can think of, how do you know they're gay? It's how they act, right? If they have this flamboyant, right, the stereotypical here. signs rather than the choices and life decisions and things like that. Ar Arcade Ganon Struggles. is Arcade Isaiah G uh, Ganon uh, is not a character like that. Um, <clears throat> you meet him in Fallout New Vegas. He is a follower of the apocalypse in the old Mormon fort in the town of Freeside, just outside of New Vegas. He's <clears throat> excuse me there. Sorry, I'm still a little sick. Um, he is um, a member of the Followers of Apocalypse, so he's a doctor. He's an educated man uh, who 
uh, does his best to do right by the wasteland. Uh, <clears throat> he uses his training to help people, but he's also aware that some people are beyond help, and the only help you can give them is a bullet to the brain. <laughs> now, yeah. he's a complicated character. Uh, I brought up the the gay thing, the homosexuality earlier. Uh, I am a not I am not a necessarily straight man, which is uh, <clears throat> you know so things like this resonate with me. Um, the the way you find out Arcade's sexuality, he doesn't tell you. He doesn't make it obvious. He doesn't go. Oh, by the way, Courier, guess <laughs> guess what I like. He's not <laughs> like, that. I like men instead of women. What yeah, did you know I that I know. like penis? <laughs> no, he's not like that. <laughs> the only the only way that you can find out Arcade's sexuality. And the only reference to it um, is if you have the uh, confirmed bachelor perk, which it lets you flirt with men, and it gives you a da- damage bonus against me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and it's brought up once, wow. and I think there's like maybe a comment later on, like, how is some fine man not snatch me up or something along those lines. Right, but it's not right. a key element of his personality. He is that's all he is. Uh, he's got past trauma. His father was a member of the Enclave. <clears throat> so he's on the run from uh, something that he had no, no choice in. His, his um, father was a commanding officer at, uh, I think it was Navarro. Uh, correct me if I'm, if I'm mistaken there, but uh, he was killed in action. <clears throat> so at a very young age, he lost his father. And he's trying his best to deal with the repercussions of his upbringing, uh, being constantly pursued by the NCR despite having done absolutely nothing wrong. And yet he still managed to educate himself in several different languages uh, and become a doctor in the uh, wasteland, which I think is a very well-written character and the kind of representation that I am uh, looking for out here. So, yeah. 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 No, that's uh, somebody who's been through a lot of struggles, has a lot of personal things that they're dealing with, is still able to make something of their lives, is, you know, taking on those things head on. And, and, uh, you know, props to the developers for not making a character that was, you know, uh, obviously like their sexuality defined them. It was just exactly. another aspect of the character of who he was that happened to come up when it was appropriate. Exactly, and that's, and that's how human beings are, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like that's great. So yeah, arcade Ganon. If I can get uh, New Vegas to actually run again, because I was streaming it for a while, <laughs> I'll have to go and find him. Because this was another character that I didn't, I didn't actually uh, have the time to really get into. So man, it, it takes well, hundreds of hours to get through all the stuff if you really want to get into all of it. Oh, definitely. And like one of my. Uh, Gameplay elements that I love about him is that uh, you have to either be really smart and be be in really good graces with the uh, followers of the apocalypse, or be very be so stupid that he takes pity on you for him to join. His <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you literally have to have a uh, intelligence of less than three for him to wow. join you if uh, you can't beat his uh, intelligence test. 
<laughs> I think I, I my my uh, I told you about my character I played New Vegas. My, I tried to make an evil character. I explained this. Bitch I've fist? explained this before. Bitch fist. Yes. Bitch fist. Right. Bitch fist. <laughs> Yeah, it yeah. just had a like a one intelligence, I think. So he was he was set. Well, arcade <laughs> has one of the saddest endings if you're playing an evil character. You can uh, sell him to the uh, the Legion to be Caesar's personal doctor. Oh, oh damn! Now, oh wow! Um, because spo- spoilers, uh, Caesar has a tumor in his brain, and he knows it. And <laughs> what? Arcade... Spoilers? Spoilers? What? Spoilers on and... like a ten-year-old game? What? <laughs> <laughs> and since Arcade is a doctor and can speak fluent Latin, uh, he is a valuable slave. That makes sense. Hmm. And also, if the NCR huh. win, they they uh, try him, they catch him, and they try him for crimes against the NCR. Because of who his father was. Wow. Dang. Like, keep in mind, he was a child when Navarro fell. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not his fault, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he's just doing the best he can. Exactly. So, uh, sad life for Arcade Ganon. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool name, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah very. For sure. <laughs> cool. Did you, any of the <sighs> other, uh, any of the uh, those of you who are also on this <laughs> podcast, man, words are not working today. Uh, did anybody else have any experience with with him as a character? Or did you guys? Skip my over? favorite in New Vegas. Sorry. As soon as I could, I can grab him. I do. Oh, yeah, cool. I didn't even know about yeah. him until Aperture brought him up. Yeah, I'm with he's actually really badass too. He is handy okay. with his. Sorry, I keep talking. Over. No, you're fine. Okay. You, you're you're good. You're good. <laughs> I was gonna say he's actually really a badass too. He's really handy with his. Uh, what does he have? A plasma. He's got he a plasma pistol. Yeah. Out. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think this next playthrough I go for the New Vegas. I'm gonna probably have to see if I can hand him down and just see how see what is what he's all about. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I need to. Man, if I had all the time in the world, right? I need to do new playthroughs of everything and just get to know all the characters that I never <laughs> spent enough time with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, anything else on on him, or you ready to move on? Well, this sounds kind of like what Aperture was talking about with the uh, the representation. It again goes along with what Bethesda is really good at in a well, lot of their games. Obsidious. Well. Mm-hmm. But it's it's sorry. It's just the series. You're good. Just the series in general. You know, with all of the different companions you can find, even going along with with uh, with Ganon or Kate or Dance, who is not actually a human, but he still has the human qualities. They can, they humanize the people that you interact with in depth as much as possible to make us. You know, it kind of pulls people in, and personally, it pulls me in with the companions. The, the humanization that, that we get from the constant being around these people, they're being companions, the fighting with them and the, and the everything else. It just, it kind of sticks with me that with the, uh, with the games in that way. Yeah. 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 They do a good job giving everybody a backstory, uh, motivations, um, and tying into everything else going on in the world. Like mm-hmm. they, there's usually other ties to, um, 
I don't know, things that are happening on the other side of the map with some other faction that build out and flesh out the world in a really interesting way and show that that character didn't just appear in in the town you met them in. That's the only thing they've ever experienced in their life. Right. They always do a good job with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, cool. Well, he's going to go on my list of other people to get to know whenever I get get around to actually playing some more New Vegas. Mm. (laughs) Very cool. So I was thinking about this and, um, you know, I, there's a number of characters you could name, but I think the, the one that I found most interesting on my Fallout 4 playthrough was, uh, Curie. And I mentioned Curie on a, on a recent episode where, um, where, uh, <laughs> where Bot was, with her. yeah, <laughs> Buddy Bot was getting all, all, you know, interested in her and stuff, but, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, the vault that she's in is interesting. She's left there. She continues research. She's uh, for a robot. And I guess I should go into a little bit of background in case people missed out on the episode. Um, I forget the number of the vault because I've done so many vault episodes and all the blur together. But basically that vault was... What, sorry, is it, what was it? 71, wasn't it? 71, maybe? 81. 81. 81. That makes more sense. Yeah. And... Um, that vault was supposed to be doing experiments on every single thing possibly that could go in any sort of disease you can give to humans. And the uh, overseer basically stopped the majority of the scientists from making it into the vault and three showed up. And so what they did was they took a Mr. Handy and they reprogrammed that Mr. Handy into Curie, who became kind of like a medical slash scientist bot. And after the scientists passed away, she lasted another 200 years by the time you come to come find her doing experiments on mole rats and in those 200 years had cured every disease that she could possibly give the mole rats which is super interesting you know like what what could we do with 200 years of a scientific pursuit under the same mind is is really interesting because you know we only have so much lifetime until we have to pass on our own to other people um so that's a really interesting concept but her character in particular is um naive in a way she hasn't been out in the wasteland she's existed long enough I, I, maybe she has like the um r2d2 problem of not having his memory wiped enough so he gains a certain amount of like self-awareness and autonomy you know <laughs> um but she she's been around and is naive and it actually genuinely cares about discovering things and helping people and curing disease and healing and all of these kinds of things and you can bring her with you as a companion and right off the bat, she's kind of annoying because she doesn't like the uh, aggressive, combative approach to things. She, she really poo-poos on that. But Oh, this is so aggressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She has like all of these like, oh, goodness, so why would we do that that way? You know, that kind of <laughs> conversation violent. stuff. But the violence. But if you, if you keep her long enough, you come to find out that like, She's starting to understand more about the way the world works and eventually can be, you can take her consciousness and move it over into a human synth body. I believe it's a, what is it? A, a, a synth, a synth uh, version three, probably I think, right? Uh, regular it was synth. one that yeah. uh, the, the transfer failed. And so the mind basically got wiped. Right. Right. So you're able to make her about as human as you possibly can for a robot that is probably more human in a lot of ways than a lot of the people you find in the wasteland because she actually cares about people. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of this interesting dynamic that's kind of flipped on its head. So mm-hmm. 
I, I really I really thought that was cool. And then I believe there's even romance options, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yep. Which is super weird. You know, like <laughs> romance really robot. Think about it. Yeah, you're romancing a robot that's now in a very human body, but is still a robot. But uh, Hey, they're working on that in Japan, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, along with all the other things that we're doing in Japan. Um so yeah, I I found that very interesting. I don't know. Did you guys get much experience with Kiri? Well, when I was uh, when I was running with Kiri and I made her a human, mm-hmm. um, I took her to the comic book shop and she picked up Grognak's axe and um, <laughs> that became her main weapon. Oh That's my That's pretty gosh. freaking so, cool. Amazing. Did you did you make her wear the Grognak <laughs> costume too? Uh, no, no. <laughs> I was actually kind of freaked out because I didn't realize Grognak's axe was a uh, weapon you could get so i was just like Gary, where the where the hell did you find that axe (laughs) (laughs) she summoned it out of the comic book (laughs) pretty much (laughs) yeah i love that things like that are in the game yeah anybody Uh, else when last time i used her i actually used a mod that essentially turned her into more of like a healing character and so the bod gave her a uh, specialized um syringer that shot stem packs at you and she would shoot them like, uh-huh. at you so if she noticed your health was low she would shoot you a stem pack so you didn't have to use one. Oh, that's great um, oh she was so handy that was so handy um but <laughs> ironic you know, wording thank you um when she wasn't shooting with stim packs though; just use normal syringe ammo. But yeah, it was really fun to like because I could, you could definitely see, um, Curie using a type of weapon like that. Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't even know that was a thing. Solve. Yeah, I spend a lot of time with her, and yet I never knew that that was even a thing that could, you could do with mm-hmm. a syringe gun. So oh, there's the always little thing. nooks and crannies in these games that you just mm-hmm. don't know about until you hear somebody else say something. You're like, "What? That's a thing." That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Going once? Going twice? I guess that's pretty it. Oh, oh, the other thing is, I think you, with the um, Machinist uh, expansion, couldn't you adjust her body mm-hmm. with her robot body? Mm-hmm. Yep. That was a thing. <laughs> um, yeah, so yep. this is all coming back to me now. So what I did was I took her like shiny, uh, very white Mr. Handy body. And I turned her in, I gave her like tank treads and um, (laughs) like arms with like a flamethrower and like chainsaw or like whatever that sword thing is. I don't know. I made her look like the most ridiculous murder bot ever, (laughs) but she still had the same voice and she still didn't want to fight anything. Oh God. (laughs) It was great. I think I did the, uh, the same thing with Codsworth too. Uh-huh. essentially turned him into a sentry bot with this warm welcoming British accent voice yeah hello I'm now going to bring you with my flamethrower <laughs> yeah I made her just like you know like she became my tank and would like rush in and like beat things up with her giant robot arms and then you know I'd come up behind them and shoot them and then she'd be like oh this is a terrible idea <laughs> yeah See, I, I gave her the Assaultron body. Well, okay, not the body, just the legs. So it was just a Mr. Handy head with legs. 
that's pretty good. We should have a we should have a contest or something where we we get everybody to jump back into Fallout Four, design like the weirdest <laughs> robot, and then I'll vote on who the winner is. That would be super fun. Well, we were posting uh, settlement builds recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. All right, guys. Well, I think that kind of wraps up our our conversation. Oh no, we just lost uh, Aperture, but he might pop He's back gone. in. Oh, well. um, any any last words before before we move on? Is there anything else anybody has from uh, you know playing through any of these games? Oh, he's back. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no problem. Anything else about uh, companions or any other last last thoughts on, thoughts on this? Really, are what makes Fallout so good to me, and I think it's why I really always struggled a bit to get into seventy six. They just they just absolutely make the game. I don't know. Oh yeah, definitely. I agree on that. It's the companions are probably one of the best parts of the game outside of the gameplay itself. You know, the companions definitely bring a uh, a completely new element to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I said before, I, I I still most of my gameplay I didn't spend with companions, and even with Fallout Four, you find dog meat right at the beginning, and dog meat became my primary companion most of the game. So it still felt like I was most of the time by myself with a dog. And uh, I, I, think, I think that's like my primary way of playing these games is almost like a, uh, because so much of the game is creepy. You never know when you're going to come across a death claw. You end up in like a ghoul infested building, like all this kind of stuff. And doing that by yourself, even though the companions are like artificial, it's not another, another human being going anywhere with me, feels scarier. Maybe <laughs> there's something about that I really enjoy, but I also, when I do meet certain companions, I do spend time with them as well. So I feel like there's, you know, uh, there's kind of good to both things, but th- that's part of why 76 works for me because I can going around this gigantic world, finding everything and everyone already being dead is super creepy in a way and still kind of works at least from my perspective. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens with the uh, expansion coming out. Hopefully, uh, some of the companions, I know some of the companions hang out at your base and have specific missions they can go with you on, but I don't mm-hmm. think they can just walk around the entire world with you. At least that's my understanding so far. I could be wrong. really curious. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to find out. Mm-hmm. So, um, Question well, thank you. I romance a ghoul. <laughs> I want a game. I want a game where you can play as a ghoul. I want oh, like, awesome. I want an expansion oh, where you can so choose cool. to be a synth, a ghoul, uh, maybe even like like a refined scorched. Wouldn't that be weird? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was scorched diseased, but they fixed me. But now I still look like a scorch. Somehow, they fixed it somehow. Um, I don't know. Or an alien? Wouldn't that be crazy? If you're like, oh, I'm just an alien running around the world. My spaceship crashed. <laughs> you know they're out there. Or a robot? You can just play as a robot. That'd be great. Or a <laughs> super mutant. Oh, it'd be so good. Like as a super mutant, you, you mutant, you can't actually have an intelligence more than three or something. It just like, tops out. You just have to be dumb. Yeah. So pretty much just your pen and paper. Then. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I guess I already designed that game, didn't I? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. God, how are you listening? Speaking of that, <laughs> dude, we should. I, I mentioned this a few times. We should get a, a game of that going. If anybody wants to, wants to. Uh, DM a, a game of that on Discord. We can set up like a weekly get together. So I think every time oh, you say awesome. that, I always offer to DM. 
Yeah. So I'll do yeah. it again. I will DM. The community keeps growing. So eventually you'll end up with like three or four or five people who are like, yeah, yeah, okay, we'll get on that. We, you know, Wednesday. I would totally want to play. Yeah. Well, there you go. We got two. We just need a few more. So, um, I'll, I'll, you know what I'll do? I'll create a channel in the Discord that's uh, Fallout uh, kind of paper RPG or something like that. You, you know, have one. one. Oh yeah, I do already have one. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I create so many little channels for things. Every time someone's like, "Can we have a channel for this?" Yeah, where is it? It's in here. Okay. Yeah. Well, role we'll, playing chat. Role playing chat. There it is. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll just we'll refresh this and see who who wants to jump in and see if we can't get a game going. And Mustang, you're welcome to head that up and do whatever you want with it. Cool. 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 All right. Well, thank you everybody for joining me. Why don't we go through? Say our goodbyes, and if anybody wants to get a hold of you guys, you can go let them know of you, or of course, jump on Discord. If you guys have, if listeners, if those of you in the stream or listening on the podcast have any more thoughts on any of these topics and you want to discuss them, then the, the Discord is absolutely the best way to do that. There's all sorts of conversations about all sorts of things going on all the time. So, um, yeah, and some of our, uh, the nest on our stream says, I'm in. Um, <laughs> Uh, and Pie Man too. So it looks like it looks like we've got enough people to start something. So we just have to coordinate a time. So mm-hmm. let's go down the list. We'll start with well, uh, Aperture says he's down. We'll start with Aperture. Aperture, how are people going to get a hold of you? I know you're out on the road all the time, but you're always on the internet. So if you again, I'm on Discord constantly. Um, a little bit too much. Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at under, Aperture underscore Flash and. Uh, you can call me on my personal cell phone at six one three. But if you have a CB radio, turn it to channel one nine. And if I'm coming through your area, I'd be happy to to break with you. <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right, all right, uh, Mustang. Um, just reach me through the Discord. I am on there apparently twenty four seven. So yeah, that's probably the best way to reach me. Yeah, Discord. Uh, most of us are on Discord, at least checking in a, a few times a day and jumping in on conversations. So I'm going to put that again in the uh, in the chat. So if anyone else wants to jump in there, um, cool, cool. Thanks, Mustang. And Mustang is um, for those of you who don't know on our Twitch stream, uh, Twitch.tv/robotsradio is our newest uh, moderator. So thanks for doing that, Mustang. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in there all the time, chatting it up and hanging out. Yeah, uh, R- Ryuko. I am on Twitter. It's at Hugen underscore Munin underscore. And then the Discord is obviously another good place to reach me. I'm pretty active on there. I check it as often as I can day when I'm at work. So right. those two places cool. are the best place to get old me. Awesome. Awesome. And Women on Fire. I'm, of course, on the Discord and also on Twitter as at Woman on W. And you can also find a link there to 130,000 words about why Hancock is the best. (laughs) (laughs) Are those all your notes for the show? No. No? (laughs) No, her notes are 35,000 pages. (laughs) That was the original work. Her notes are expanded. The full expanded version. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you everybody for, for joining uh, again. This man, these week, uh, weekly, monthly get togethers are super, super awesome. And as always, I appreciate your um, supporting the stream. And uh, for anybody listening, if you are interested in joining us next month at the end of the month, go to 
patreon.com slash uh, fallout lorecast. I almost said robots radio, but that doesn't exist. Uh, <laughs> slash fallout lorecast. Uh, check out the Patreon. There's a bunch of rewards for different tiers. And even if you're just interested in supporting the show for a dollar a month, you get no ads and you get to be in the patron chat where we all say good morning to each other every day <laughs> and uh, other wackiness ensues. So thank you all again for joining me. And uh, hopefully I'll see you all again next month. And if not, that's cool too. But thank you all for being here. Thank you. Yeah, thanks yeah, for no us. Thank you. Awesome. And to our listeners and our, our viewers on Twitch and Mixer and everywhere else that we're streaming, uh, have a good night and I will talk to you guys later. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fallout Lorecast. All sounds and music are owned by Bethesda Softworks and no copyright infringement is intended. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please contact us at falloutlorecast at gmail.com or follow us and post some messages to us on Twitter at falloutlorecast. And if you'd like to support the show, tell a friend or check out the rewards you can get for becoming a patron at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. I really appreciate you listening and I'd love to hear from you soon. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park